Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the 12th episode of the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast brought to you by David and Travis Ware. We are on the Believe Podcast Network and now a part of Art 19. On today's show, we'll be discussing the Bruins' loss to USC, their loss to Stanford, and their ugly win against the Cal Bears. So we drop our rivalry game to the Trojans. Does not feel good. Uh, Bruins, I did not think, played up to par. Uh, I don't think their energy level was there. They got beat on the boards for the first time this year. Uh, Chris Smith did have a, a good game, which is encouraging to see his his progress throughout the year. I think he's responding to some of the things Mick Cronin has said about him and wants him to do better. Uh, Dave, can you expand a little bit on what we saw against the Trojans last week? I think our energy to start wasn't that bad, as you alluded to um, previously. I think we came out with pretty good energy, being a rivalry game. Uh, we went into the half down two, uh, but in the end, I think SC just had a little bit more firepower than we did. I thought they got, they made it a point in the second half to get out and transition and pick up some easy buckets and transition, and then, uh, you know, they executed their game plan well. They had two bigs down low uh, in Okongu and uh, Rokosovic. They played inside out and and they ended up uh, you know collapsing the defense and kicking it out to their shooters and and they shot fifty percent from the three point line yeah. something that something that we we lack yeah I think it was a tale of two halves uh, this game UCLA and USC were kind of back and forth throughout the most of the first and then USC jumped on the Bruins in the beginning of the second half um, scoring on eight of their first nine uh, opportunities. Uh, to take a 14-point lead with nine minutes to go and shooting 70% in the second half. It's going to be hard for UCLA to come back from down double figures this year just because of our lack of scoring. So if we get down by that much, um, it's it's going to be tough to watch. Yeah, and I felt watching SC come out in that second half, I think you know, we need to be more effective getting out in transition as well because I saw them really pushing the pace. Regardless of who got the ball, I saw all three of their guards getting it and just going and trying to pick up some easy buckets in transition. I thought that really helped them increase uh, their lead. And I think that's something that we need to start doing more. I think everybody, I think one when Chris, when Chris Smith is at the four, I think one through four, no matter who gets the ball, should just grid it and try to start the break rather than, you know, find Tiger and then bring up the and then everyone run their line, yeah. run their lanes yeah. and get into our offense because it just slows us down. Yeah. And that was evident to see because I mean, there's a reoccurring theme this year. Like, just the struggle to score in the half court is has been our Achilles heel heel all year. Um, defensively, obviously, we've had some off games here and there, but just our lack of scoring ability is really killing us. Well, it's, it's our yeah, it's our lack of shooting because it doesn't allow. I mean, we don't have a ton of playmakers. Like Chris Smith is a good playmaker for yeah. us. Um, you know, Tiger can playmake a little I bit too. I think Tiger could create his own ha- shot. But it's hard when I watch SC 
and with and when they just pack the paint and just grind out the game and slow down the game and force us to shoot outside shots. I mean, we were three for thirteen that game from the three point line at twenty three percent and finished the game uh, at thirty eight percent overall. Like that's that's not going to thirty eight percent overall field, field, all right. field goal. Yes. Yeah. And the interesting thing is, and just to allude to to piggyback more off of our our shooting woes, when you kind of break down the stats more and look at the stats. We should have won that game. Other than ha- them having a slight advantage on the uh, rebounding, we had 58 field goal attempts. SC had 47. We had 11 more possessions than they did. Also, we had seven turnovers. SC had 13. I mean, we... Just our inability to take advantage a, of turnovers and our inability to take advantage of our possessions. Extra possessions yeah. with, with shot-making ability. And I did, like... Because they clogged the paint, I saw guys passing up wide open threes because we weren't making the first couple. Yeah. And then we would dribble into contested twos is something that we've seen all year. I mean, for goodness sake, like I think the highlight of the first half, they showed it on the Jumbotron. The the play of the first half was a end of the shot clock bank in ugly three, but that was like arguably one of our better positions of the half, which was not which was not very good. It isn't a highlight. It's um, not a highlight. Yeah, it's been frustrating and just to watch this methodical kind of grinded out pace in the in the half court and just the lack of scoring. Um again, Mick Cronin, but you know, Mick Cronin's I thought most of most of what he said post game was defense in the second half. Well, I think he kind of reached his boiling point and we saw that carry over into the into the Stanford game and we'll get to that in a minute. But he has a very short leash with the guys that at this are point of the year, he's gonna have a short lease with everybody. Yeah, but it, I agree. Um, but it's it's almost to the point now where, and, and you know, I don't know exactly what he's his philosophies are defensively yeah. and what he what he wants. Well, but what do you mean his philosophies get out and guard pressure guys and make them uncomfortable and force turnovers? Yeah, I understand that, and I'm just saying if you make a mistake, he's not keeping you, and you're coming right back out of the game. I. Well, now at this point of the year, I think it's about building a culture, and he wants to hold guys accountable for the guys that are coming back next year that are going to be with the team. Um, I also think guys are starting to play a little tentative, though, too. See, that's where you have to... There's a fine line between... There is a fine line. You you need guys to be playing with confidence and not have to think, oh, is this a good shot? Is this a bad shot? I just see a lot of guys looking over to the bench after missed shots looking over to the bench after missed defensive assignments. Obviously, defensive assignments are one thing. Like, you shouldn't mess up defensive assignments because it's part of the scouting report. It's part of just giving effort, uh, knowing if you're guarding a shooter or not. But I think the off when you're playing that tentative on the offensive end, that's what leads to pass up. That's what leads to passing up open shots and, and yeah. dribbling into contested shots because you're trying to force the issue and you and you want to you want to be effective, yeah. but you're not playing smart because you're worried about possibly coming out of the it's game. just hard to watch guys like get a pass have an open shot and then dribble into something contested mm-hmm. and get get caught and then force a bad pass mm-hmm. that then you know i know, reverberates down the line i and then that also i also worry about um you know getting recruit like the recruiting aspect of that when you see well, recruits want to get out and run and play fast. Hey, well, recruits want to get out and run, but they also when they to... look at a limited offense, I think they think oh, limited numbers individually. They do think of yeah. How's this coach? Like I'm trying to 
you know, if you're a high level recruit, you're thinking about wanting to expand your game and highlight what you do well. Yeah. You don't want to worry about getting subbed out after you missing a shot or things like that. So that's one thing. But these aren't Mick Cronin's players yet. I think he has a shorter leash because he's inherited these players. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, he does have talent on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's just trying to get them to buy into his concepts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lack of scoring and maybe the lack of playmaking isn't where it should be, especially for a Pac-12 team, especially for a UCLA basketball team. But, you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt all year long simply because he hasn't had the opportunity to get his guys yet. Oh, I'm not da- I'm not doubting Cronin. I just was simply saying there's some things that um, – I worry about that could carry over for on the recruiting. I think you just aspect. have to be a very tough. I think you have to be a tough-minded individual to play for Conan. You have to kind of have a, a confidence that, you know, if I make a mistake, screw it. You know, I'm just gonna keep. I'm yeah, gonna, and you have to be okay with you know you're you're gonna get called out, you're gonna yeah. get yelled at, but it's all. But I think he'll uh, also. I think he rewards the guys that simply play confidently. And the guys that just play Rather tough than, and play smart yeah. and do what he's asking. Play confidently. Don't play scared to make a mistake. That's when mistakes most likely are to happen. I think Cronin especially has no uh, has zero patience for guys who are out there with their own agenda. Like if he sees a guy that's clearly out there that's trying to get up, you know, get his own numbers or... or... <laughs> well, we haven't seen that this year. I mean, as noted in our lack of scoring... I mean, in just our lack of overall offensive production, like we don't have guys that are taking bad shots. We have a team that can't produce a good shot. Okay, I mean, I, <laughs> all right. I, I mean, I guess I get where you're coming from, but I think there has been times where this season, it's we've played quite a few games. There has been times where guys have trying to been like, you know, I haven't had a shot in a little while. I'm gonna get my shot now. Okay. Are you saying no? Or are you just saying it's just a lack of complete? Or just an inability it, to I, score overall. I think it's just an inability to score and an inability of, I don't know if it's a scheme. That's a, I don't know if it's scheme or I don't know if it's personnel. Do you but think it's IQ, just as recognizing good shots or bad shots? I, I can't tell you at this point. I just know that we struggle to get good looks and just basic catch-and-shoot shots. I think guys are passing up shots that are good shots. I don't know if that's because McCronin wants them to milk the clock or if it's our inability. Or inability to shoot the ball. I, I think don't it think goes it's hand. that because I think he's he's come out and press. He's said after the games that guys aren't taking open shots, and he's visibly frustrated when guys dribble into contested mid-range jump shots because they're hesitant to shoot open shots. But what are you going to do? I mean, what other than maybe uh, Jake and Jaime? I mean, those are two guys that really look to catch and shoot. Yeah. And those are two freshmen who, I mean, Jaime is playing big minutes for them because I think on the defensive end, he's doing everything that Coach yeah. Cronin wants him to do. Um, <clears throat> he's working hard. He's understanding Sky Report. He's getting into rotations. I mean, at he's this playing po- tough. I mean, at this point of the year, I would just go floppy action and just have Jake and Jaime running off those all screens all day and just say, hey, look, run off a screen. You got to look, catch, shoot, bigs, crash the offensive glass. Yeah. I'm not coming to us, you know, a big coming to a side pick and roll. Let's try to get something. Keep up. it simple. Cause I just, whenever I see this weave out at like 25 feet, it just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. When I see that just dribble weave action. It just do. takes like 10 seconds off the shot. Oh, I know. We're and, op- we, and then we're operating at 10 seconds and then we're just going to be forced to, mm-hmm. to shoot a shot, you know, deep into the shot clock, which most of the time is not a high percentage shot. Yeah, we haven't gotten many of them. 
Okay, before we move on, let's plug a couple of our sponsors. Let's talk about sleep, and that's eight sleep. We need eight hours of sleep straight up. One of sleep's biggest problems, temperature. It's tough to get a good night's sleep if you're too hot or too cold. It's our pleasure to introduce the Pod by 8 Sleep. The Pod is a high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve optimal sleep fitness. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. The me- This means if you're in the bed and you're too cold and your partner likes it warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. Okay, everybody, go to 8sleep.com slash pro. That's 8sleep.com slash pro. Our next sponsor, MyBookie. Want to make a bet on the Super Bowl? Head over to MyBookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports books in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all, from the NBA to the Premier League. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, capital B-L-V, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code, capital B-L-V, to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, now moving on to our game against the Stanford Cardinal. Unfortunately, another loss to the Bruins. The Bruins battled in the first half, but unfortunately fell to the Cardinal by a 15-point margin. Um, Dave, can you expand a little bit about what you saw at the beginning of this game? Yeah, it was, it was similar to what how the SC game played out. I think that's you know how the season has kind of gone for us. We battled in the first half, but... You know, the other team goes in at halftime, makes some adjustments, and they come out and ultimately end up pulling away in the second half, and that's kind of what what took place in this game. Um, you know, Stanford did a lot like what SC did uh, in terms of how they attacked us. Uh, they played inside out. They shot the ball. They shot the ball well, forty seven percent from three. Uh, Terry had a, a particularly good game. His, yeah, his highest scoring uh 24 points i think he's the kid's averaging 16 points on the season as a freshman maybe 18 i don't know specifically but uh yeah he was, I mean, he was impressive he's very impressive i mean he's got a slight build he's not a big guy but uh he's shifty his, super quick he's very quick he's got a really good handle his playmaking ability is very good and then also but, he shot four for seven from three so he can really light it up from the three-point line but it's amazing that when you see a guy like that who demands so much attention his ability to not only create for himself, but also create for others really helps the Cardinal out uh, on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, because they, they, they got a couple good bigs. I mean, not great bigs, but they got very... Uh, um, formidable. Yeah, they, they formidable. can hold it down. They can hold it down, down though. I mean, they definitely pull their weight. I don't think they're on par with the Bruins bigs. I wouldn't. No, I don't think so. But I think they, you know, combined their books were more productive than our bigs were. But that just goes to show that I mean that's what happens when you have shooters on the outside and you give your bigs a little bit room to play with down low, uh, where you don't have a whole defense surrounding them. Uh, overall, the you know the Cardinals shot eight of seventeen from three. Um, you know Terry wasn't the only one knocking down shots. Their other uh, their forward 
Uh, Jones was four for six from yeah from three as well uh, from the free throw line. Uh, Terry also made eight of ten free throws. So he uh, you know this he was very impressive watching the game. I know Don McLean was pretty high on him too. Um, for being not for being not the biggest guy, uh, he gets in there and he takes contact well. He finishes well. Very uh, crafty around the rim. Good finishes around the rim. Super crafty. So I think that I'm excited to watch him for for the next few years in in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. See where his game his game goes and how his development pans out. Yeah, I mean he he shared the ball well. He he took care of though. He didn't turn the ball over, but. Uh, just to get back to, uh, I want to let's get back to UCLA. I want to talk about what we saw with them as far as their personnel too. I thought you know Chris Smith, he's been playing pretty pretty good as of late, but disappeared a little bit in this game, only making one field goal. This he did is, go four for four from the line, six of he was six rebounds, um, six total points, but four turnovers. Yeah, and he he. he was one for four from field goal. He only had four shot attempts, but this is kind of arguably our best player. You like we just need to get the guy more shot attempts. As as you know, Cronin said this after the Cal game, um, but you know they need Christmas to score. I mean, if they're going to win, they need Christmas to have some he offensive just needs production. To, but this has kind of been he hasn't been able to be super consistent. In terms of stringing a bunch of good games back to back to back, he's had maybe two. Like he had a great Washington trip. Um, obviously, they lost to Washington State, but he had a good game against them. Yeah. Um, he just needs to feel comfortable stepping in the spotlight mm-hmm. and owning that role and just playing that role night in and night out. If you're gonna just shoot the ball, like mm-hmm. if you miss, you miss. If you make it, great. He obviously but has the green light that. from Cronin because if Cronin's telling him, or if Cronin's basically saying to the media that like, they need him to score, well, because there's no identity right now offensively, and you need a guy or two to step up at least to you know demand some of the attention from the opposing team. So then you could draw and kick, but there's. You know, guys just pack the paint and they close out to, you know, semi-close out to our shooters. There's no one that they lock in on that could create for others. Um, so Chris needs to just step into that role, accept that role, you know, try to... Especially night in and night out, at least getting 10 shots. At least. I think, shot dude, attempts. I'm thinking 13, 15. Like, he needs to be that guy. Yeah. Um, just be aggressive. Just be aggressive, you know, uh, on both ends. Yeah, on, on, on a better note, other than the fact that we lost by 15, I mean... Jalen Hill had a solid game for us. He uh, had 14 points, 12 rebounds, five offensive rebounds. It's uh, nice so to see him play well. That was good to see. And, and Jaime, again, um, 15 points, three rebounds, a couple of assists. Uh, this is something that we've he's capable of doing each night. He is a freshman, though. He's not always going to be that consistent. I, I do want to point out Jake going 2 for 11, 0 for 5 from 3. And, like, most people would look at that and go, oh, man, like, that sucks. I mean, yeah, it's not a great game, but he's a shooter. Shooters shoot. Like, that's what they need him to do. Regardless of whether it goes in or not, people look at him as a shooter, and they're going to respect him as such. So he needs to keep shooting those and shooting them confidently. The last thing we need is for Jake to start passing up open threes yeah. and putting the ball on the no, ground into, into mid-range not. jump shots. Like, that's the last thing we need. No. Um, so it's good to see him continuing to fight to get open and, and playing we need His our per- we need our perimeter guys to shoot every open shot they get just so that they could open it up for their bigs down low because our bigs down low could score one on one and then get their rebound offensively even if they do miss. So, but we need guys like Jake, 
Jaime, other guys that can shoot to knock them down when they, if Chris knock mm-hmm. them down when they get the opportunity. Yeah, I think the things that stood out to me in this game was really just Stanford had some good playmakers. Terry was a really great playmaker for them. His ability to um, you know put the ball on the floor, attack the paint, and then kick out to open shooters really helped them out a lot. Uh, and they just played well and executed the game plan. But I think the most important thing, or I think the 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 biggest thing that came out of this game was a lot of the uh, post game. Um, quotes by Cronin, as well as the fact that uh, yeah, you know, Prince Ali played two minutes. two minutes. Yeah, we saw a lot of change this game. We saw I, like we and had, I think a shift that's gonna like we carry had, on throughout the remainder of the year. I think like we had said about the SC game, that was kind of like the tipping point for him in terms of going into this game. Whereas there's not there wasn't going to be any more uh, guys not given. Fo- yeah minutes given or guys not following scouting reports and guys having mental lapses on the defensive end. Um, and taking bad shots. And I think uh, after the game, Cronin said, quote, our older guys are bad defensive players, which is ridiculous at this stage in their careers. If you're a fifth-year guy, you should know how to play defense. Um, I think, obviously, I think that's being directed towards Ali, playing only uh, two minutes. I mean, this is a guy who has the athleticism, and obviously he's been in – this is his fifth year now. He should know uh, scouting reports. He's he should, older and more mature be, than everyone else. He there. should be dialed in in terms of what Cronin wants out of him. Um, and then, you know, he goes on to say, I think this was a direct challenge to a lot of guys on the bench and to, to younger players and to guys that are unhappy. Like, there's minutes to be earned. There's Go minutes to be earned. Them. But I think this is also a challenge for guys who want to come back and play for him next year. He said, quote, those who want to play with some pride and stand in the ring and fight will remain. They're going to get better too. That's what happens when you fight through it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's think- some, look, obviously the Bruins are going through some adversity right now. Um, we kind of like most people expected them. They go through some ups and downs. I think they're struggling a little bit more offensively than people have anticipated. Well, I mean, I think that- I was hopeful when I watched them play at the beginning of the year when they were getting up and down and playing inside out. I felt like we were shooting. I mean, Tiger was a guy that was shooting for over 40% from yeah. three and looking to be aggressive and shoot his three-point shot. I mean, yeah, we looked good early on. Um, like We did show some promise at the beginning of the year, uh, but since then it's obviously gone downhill a little bit. I think when we hit the Maui Invitational, we got matched up against some uh, tougher competition. It kind of highlighted some of our flaws, and I don't know if that kind of deflated the guys a little bit. But I feel like since then we've uh, we haven't been playing with that same energy and that same it, it, guys were excited at the beginning of the year and I think maybe you know they felt a little bit of promise for, for the upcoming games and for conference play and maybe that just took the window out of our sales and and we're a bit we just look a bit um, depleted. Yeah, I mean obviously it's apparent we're gonna have to scratch and claw for everything we're gonna get this season in the Pac-12 going forward. And before we move on to our analysis against the Cal Bears, Dave, you have another sponsor, correct? Yeah, this episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Need a new precision trimmer? Manscaped's got you covered. If you go now, you get 20% off and free shipping with the code capital B-L-E-A-V at manscaped.com. Once again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the promo code capital B L E A V. All right. Well, thanks, Dave, for that. And um, let's move on to the Cal Bears analysis. 
perhaps one of the ugliest wins that I can remember. But you know what? A win is a win, and we are currently sitting at two and three in conference. The Bruins beat the Cal Bears 50 to 40 in Poly Pavilion this past weekend. Um, it was a battle of the two two lowest scoring teams in the Pac-12, and it was just that a very low scoring game. Um, but like I said before, a win's a win. Dave, do you have any analysis uh, of this game that, that stood out to you? There wasn't much to see in this game. It was very slow, uh, very drawn out. I mean, at one point, Cal didn't score a bucket for 11 straight minutes. Um, the first half ended at 21 to 22. We were up, and then the second half, Cal only scored 19 points. We were able to pull away a little bit more and scored 28 points. Um, but overall, I thought the Bruins fought hard uh, defensively. Uh, it's hard to gauge how well we played, being as Cal really, you know, has one guy that can score for them, and that's Bradley, who ended up with 17 points. Um, I want to. Cal didn't shoot a free throw in the game until five minutes left in the second half. They played 35 minutes of basketball until they shot a single free throw that's kind of mind-boggling like that's hard to do you almost have to try and do that but i guess that's what you get when you only really have one true score um in which i believe cal has yeah it was it was a hard watch we shot 25 percent from three and 41 percent from the field goal in general and cal shot 17 percent from three and 30 percent they had less than 30 points with 414 left to go in the game. Yeah, it was it was a difficult watch. Um uh, on the more positive side, at least, you know, we saw Chris Smith bounce back. 17 like he, 17 like and 7, had, good game. Like he has um I think that's kind of we've seen that from him when generally when he has a game where he feels like he underperforms, he he kind of bounces back and has a good game. Also, Hill had 11 and 6. As a team, UCLA had 10 steals, um, and they forced for 15 turnovers. Also, Tiger had eight assists. That was great. I mean, he facilitated well. Um, he was one for seven from field goal, which isn't great, but you know, at least he had those eight assists, and he and he took care of the ball. He only had two turnovers, so that's good. But uh, interesting. I mean, Prince Ali didn't didn't play at all. Um, maybe that maybe that's he, Coach Cronin sending a message. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm interested to see what goes on there this upcoming weekend. Yeah, I don't know if he, I don't know if he was hurt or if he was continuing to kind of, you know, show. Let's see what happens against Oregon State and Oregon. Yeah, but I think the highlights from this game one, we got to win. I'll take it any any way we can. Yeah, we fought hard, and I thought our ball movement was. I thought our ball movement was solid. Ball movement was solid. Still, it doesn't lead to scoring. I mean, 50 points. It's. It's it's hard. It's yeah. It's it's hard to judge. I don't really, honestly, I don't care about ball movement at this point. Yeah. Like, just I want to see buckets. I want to yeah. see points. Like, you could move the ball all you want. If it doesn't result in a bucket, then it doesn't mean shit. So, um, all right. Well, looking ahead, we got Oregon State on Thursday, the twenty third, and then we have Oregon um, this coming up weekend. Two tough games. Uh, to say the least, and I'm optimistic. You know, I think that UCLA tends to play better. Well, what I've seen so far in the Pac-12, play better on the road. 
Unfortunately, they dropped that one to Washington State because of a letdown late in the game. But they looked great when they played in Seattle against Washington. So I think the Bruins will get hyped up and ready to play, um, especially for that Oregon game against the Ducks. So I am optimistic as UCLA heads up to Oregon later this week. Yeah, we're going to be playing against, I think, still the uh, top scorer in the Pac-12 or maybe the second uh, leading scorer with uh, Tinkle from um, Oregon State. So that'll be a kid that's got the ultimate green light. Yep. Um, And then we also are going against, I think, the top shot blocker in the league who uh, Oregon State has a guy averaging four blocks a game. So it'll be interesting to see how our bigs fare against that. Hopefully we can get him some foul trouble, get him up in the air on some shot fakes. Um, But overall, just looking for the Bruins to come out and battle and, and, and play hard and I, mean, I want. I need. I need that energy and that they're just so locked in against the Huskies. Their first game in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They need to be. They need to replicate that in both their games up in Oregon. Yeah, I mean that's the only way we win is if we play with energy and we shoot shots that when they come to us, not not forcing it. Once again, this podcast was brought to you by my bookie, which has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful twenty-four-seven customer service team. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code, capital BLV, to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code, capital BLV, to activate the offer and get extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. Hello, all you sports bettors out there. Um, Okay, well, that was our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to bringing you some post-game analysis against the Oregon State Beavers and the Oregon Ducks next week. Okay, thank you all. Go Bruins. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.